Welcome back to For the Boys, a podcast for the boys, by the boys. This is your host, Aiden. And today, I was lucky enough to have another discussion with Ian Hollinger. He is currently a student in a college in the States. I am not too sure which one off the top of my head. And he's an RA. Now, there's something important you all have to know about this episode before the episode actually starts itself, is that there are some information that is given in this episode that may seem outdated at times. And that's only because, listen, I'll be honest with you all, I record these episodes quite far in advance just so it's not as stressful for me during school. Because if I record these all literally the same week, you know, I start to get stressed and I start to like, I have to find something, something, you know. So these are recorded fairly far in advance. Like, I believe this was recorded in September, right? And today is the end of October. So there is some information here that might not be exactly recent. Like, I know there's one part where I say, oh, like last week. Keep in mind that's last week is September time. Basically, what I'm just trying to say is... If the dates sound a bit off, that's just because this was recorded in like September. Same thing with future episodes, although I'll probably give this disclaimer each time this happens in an episode, uh, just so it doesn't seem too off for you guys. I'm sorry about that, but the topic and the ideas are all still there. You know, that's all still the same. That that doesn't change or anything like that. So it, it shouldn't matter too much, honestly. Anyway, today's episode is honestly all about reputation. And sure, it's mainly said in a guy's point of view and what happens to a lot of well, not to a lot, but to some guys, but the ideas in this episode, most of them still transfer to many other things regarding in reputation, you know, it, I guess you'll just have to see. Anyways, here's our conversation. So how are you? I'm good, man. It's been a good, good few days. I've, um, I'm working hard to, uh, <laughs> I just bought this new camera and then I realized, oh shit, I need a, um, I need a converter for my MacBook. And so I bought the converter and I was like, oh, this isn't the right converter. And I have a project due in two days that I haven't started on. So I had to order a new converter that's going to get here tomorrow, which will give me around 20 hours to do an entire project. Well, you have 24 hours to let's do, so that seems doable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> How's Toronto? What's that place like right now? Um, hmm. Today is not the warmest day. You know, it's only like 20 degrees Celsius, which I don't know how much that is Fahrenheit because Fahrenheit is stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. 40 degrees is roughly 104 degrees Fahrenheit, so I guess it'd be about 50, possibly. 50? Oh, so jealous. Anyways, not too warm today. It's so humid here. It's so humid all the time. <laughs> Where are you looking at again? Uh, Florida, St. Augustine, Florida. So yeah, it's, it's constantly humid. I love cold weather, so I decided to go to school in Florida. That makes no sense whatsoever, but I'm here now, aren't I? Uh, so, uh, you want to talk about, it was, uh, kind of how, how easily it can, guys can be labeled as fuckboys and how that can affect their mental health in their teenage years. Right. So firstly, has this ever happened to you? Yes. It happened to me in high school, but I was, I was kind of my own perpetrator because freshman and sophomore year, I, I was that guy. Um, you know, I'd seen movies, so I was like, okay, this is going to be really easy. And then I realized, oh shit, I'm being a douche. But it took me two years to realize that. So by junior year, I had made a lot of enemies, a lot of female enemies. And so by the time I had kind of reconciled with everyone and myself, it was too late. And by that guy, what, what, do you, like, what do you mean by that guy? I was that guy who was talking to girls on Snapchat, trying to, trying to slide into every DM, trying to get every girl's number, uh, asking girls for nudes. I was, I was that guy who was going to go above and beyond to get whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. And it resulted in me losing a lot of friends. And I didn't realize, like I said, until, until it was too late that you can't do this to be a good man. If you want to be a good man, you can't do this. You can't act as if your everything belongs to you and you can't objectify women like that. And it, it, it 
really until freshman year of high school, not high school, but college, where I was like, right. now I know what to do. Now I know how to be a good man with towards women and towards other men, just in general. And so, yeah, I was definitely that fuckboy in high school. And by the time I, I had, you know, really forgiven myself and others had forgiven me, I'd still made so many enemies who had still labeled me as that fuckboy and were never going to trust him again. From what I just understood, it, it really only happened in freshman year, like before in middle school, it, you weren't like that. So why do you think that switch kind of happened? Uh, well, I was I was exposed to pornography late into the seventh seventh grade, kind of like April, right before summer break, by some friends who were mainly my bullies, but I called them my friends, um, just because I didn't really have anyone else in middle school. Yeah, I, I was exposed to some very graphic pornography there, and then in eighth grade, it kind of went off a cliff, mm -hmm. and I started to watch it more and expose myself to it more. And then the more I watched it, the more I wanted it. So freshman year high school came, and I was like, okay, there are girls everywhere. Let me do as much as possible and abandon my morals, um, which hadn't even been set in stone yet, to try and get these girls' numbers and get them to, to sleep with me, or at least try and see them naked. And it was it was a really bad year. It was it was a really bad year. Uh, yeah. So how did it affect your mental health? Really, like it, I didn't even I didn't even know that it was affecting me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing until sophomore year, and I was like I was like oh shit, but. When I once I knew I was doing it, I was like, "Well, might as well keep going because everyone already hates me. So why might as well stick to that character?" And it just slowly started to deteriorate how I felt about myself um, when I kept getting rejected and kept get getting say no to or oh, you're creepy, and I, I still didn't understand why. And then junior year comes along, I realized I have no one in high school that I can call my real friend because I fucked it up. I was I was the main person in my story that messed everything up, and that really. Started that, that really started to, to affect my mental health because I didn't have anyone, you know, I was on two sports teams, but I didn't have any friends. I would go home. I wouldn't get any texts or any invites anywhere. I had a lot of homework. So most of the time I was in my room by myself. And so I just got acquainted with a very lonely lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And eventually that led me down some darker paths. I, I started watching porn again um, to fill that void. And I just, I just started to slowly eat away at myself and everything that I considered myself as valuable, I took it and tried to throw it in the trash. Um, do you think like a big reason that this happened? Well, obviously you said because of pornography, but do you think another big reason is just because in media in general, a lot of times it's seen as nice guys finish last or like the, uh, the douche is the one that like kind of wins the girl almost in like a wrongful portrait of media? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't just affect, that doesn't affect, you know, 20, 20, 20 or 21 year olds because we have that, that self-respect or most of us do. And we have the common sense where we're like, no, that's, that's not how it works. But to these young boys, these 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds who are just hitting puberty and just starting to get those hormones and they see through the media and, and feminist movements and kill all men movements that if you're not an asshole, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get what you want. You're not going to get with that girl. You're not going to get the prom date. And so I really do think it's starting to affect these young American boys or just really globally too, where they see, oh, I'm going to be the nice guy. I'm going to be the Superman in the story. And then they get told by, by media and film and, and Instagram and Twitter that no, if you're not an asshole, if you're the nice guy, she's going to friend zone you and you're never going to get in, in the sack. You're never going to get in her parents, in her pants. And so, yeah, I think that's a huge factor these days. Um, definitely that stereotype of if you're the asshole, you win. If you're the nice guy, you lose. That's not the case. It, it, I mean, like in itself, it's just wrong. Cause yeah, absolutely. It's not wrong. It's not, it's yeah, it, it's, it's exactly what you were saying. I completely agree. 
it's like where because of how it's portrayed in media, I think a lot of people almost just fake their niceness, but they're just not actually being nice. Mm -hmm. And then they fake it so well that they themselves believe they are when they're not genuinely being that way. And then they go on this path of, well, why doesn't anyone like me? Because I was told that um, if I was nice, then I would do this. But oh, wait, no, actually, I have to be. And it just kind of keeps rolling and rolling, rolling this huge like snowball, which kind of just this huge snowball effect that leads you down into pornography and depression and loneliness. And it just, like you said, it once it starts, it's very, very difficult to stop. Slippery slope. It is, it's a very, it's one of the most slippery slopes of not just adulthood, but manhood. Um, when you, when you reach that age, it's, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't believe in yourself and you start to believe those lies that you are fed, you will succumb to those lies like that. And you become one of the guys who you're like, man, I, I, I wish my friend hadn't gotten torn into those lies and now he's a fuck boy and now he's trying to sleep with a bunch of girls and you can't save them because it's too late and they've got to learn by themselves and that's what a lot of guys have to learn mm-hmm. and that's why I think a lot of guys, they don't learn until college because um, I think that we portray high school a certain way the environment of high school and everyone's in their sexual prime and that that leads into it as well but definitely what you were saying uh, i completely agree with that it's a huge factor how about also like you kind of were saying the um glorification almost of like high school romances and like how high school drama how, how do you think that really affects well teen boys it, going into high school or that are already in high school i i remember when i my sister was six years older than i you know she's 26 now and she has three kids um but when she was in high school I was in elementary school, but it was like fourth and fifth grade. So I I still remembered what I saw. And what I saw was she would bring home a new guy every six months. Um, she'd date a guy for six months. He'd leave. She'd date a guy for six months. She'd break up with him. She'd bring a guy home for like three weeks. And I, I'd just be like, why aren't all these guys coming in and out and in and out? And it wasn't, for me, it wasn't the glorification of sex. It was the glorification of relationships mm-hmm. and wanting something now. But what to, to what you're saying, yeah, there's a huge media portrayal of high school as everyone's in their sexual prime, everyone's partying, everyone's drinking, smoking, and fucking as much as they want. So if you're not doing that, you don't fit the typical high school norms. And that's interesting given that in these days, you know, anime is cool. Being in band, that's a niche. Being your high school, typical high school athlete, you know, being in the club, um, being in the chess club, being in, in drama is, it's not, it's not, you, you won't, you won't be ostracized if you're in that. Everyone has their own thing, but yet the one thing that still remains is that if you aren't trying to trying to glorify that and you're not trying to sleep with people and you're not advancing on your sexual prime you're doing it wrong that's the one thing that still remains and that's a huge factor in these young boys because they see the girls doing it and the girls don't get uh, ostracized for it they get power it's, it's empowerment but if a guy goes and sleeps with three different girls in one week it's no he's a fuck boy he's an asshole he doesn't care about these girls and i've seen it firsthand i've seen girls that would go sleep with guys at parties and oh she's in, she's being empowered and, and she's using her her feminist movement or whatever which i still don't understand but then a guy will do it and he is crucified for doing it and it's it's really really painful to watch because you're like it's the same path but just two different outcomes yeah i mean i just don't see why really anyone should kind of judge what someone else really does in their free time you know like no matter who it really is if it's a guy or a girl if they decide to do this in no matter like with who or how many times you know like as long as they're not genuinely hurting people i don't see why others should really be going and being like oh you're a bad person for doing this x amount of times or for doing that or for not 
not doing this, you know, like no, no matter who you are, as long as like, it's not like if you're cheating on someone, that's a different story, right? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. That's already actually like hurting someone else. That's something no one should be doing at all. But if it's just, you know, you are going around and messing around with a bunch of different people just through the week, but you're anyways single, it, it shouldn't matter to anyone else. No, absolutely not. Maybe it'd be your preference. You'd be like, you know, I don't want to necessarily do that with them because I know they did these other things, but you don't have to be like shaming them for it. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I see, I see a lot. And I don't know if you saw this when you were in high school, but like I said, if say just a normal, regular, average high school girl sleeps with a few guys over a month period, is she slut shamed? I don't see. I I didn't ever saw it. I would see. Oh, she's 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 empowered. We should empower her to use her sexuality. And I believe in empowering everyone as long as you're not tearing others down while you're doing. It. There's a d- difference between empowerment and and disenfranchisement. Right. At least from what like in my high school, I actually in my experience, I actually have seen some people being slut shamed. Uh, some girls being slut shamed for doing. It with uh with multiple people you know in like a week but i know it's not like that for everyone and i mean i've also seen some guys that aren't and some guys that are right it's just different from my experience it's just been different with everyone some people do get shamed for it while others don't from what i've seen there's no real reason as to why one person does get shamed for it and why one person doesn't like it just kind of seems like people decide oh we want to shame this person but we don't want to shame this person even though they've done the same thing when neither should be shamed both should just be like absolutely whatever it's your life do whatever you want to do you know like mm-hmm. there's no reason to kind of change that <laughs> yeah when I got to college my freshman year, I decided, okay, I don't want a relationship just yet because I know I'm not ready, but I can, I can quote unquote, hoe around a little bit if I wanted to. So I, I slept with, I slept with one of my friends and then I slept with one of her friends. Um, and it was like two weeks in between that. It wasn't like, okay, Friday night, I'm going to this girl's room and Saturday night, I'm going to this girl's room. It was very spread out. But then my best friend, my friend's friend, the girl, the second girl I slept with had slept with me and then a member of the baseball team and the basketball team. No, two members of the baseball team in three nights. So three guys in three nights. And I remember when people found out what I did and they said, oh, so you're, you're a fuck boy. But all of her friends were like, oh no, she's not a slut. She's, she's being a woman. She's empowering herself and, and she, she should be glorified for this. And I was like, you can't get mad at me for that when your, your friend is doing that. It's, it's the same thing. I think a lot of people don't understand that. But if you're going to, if you're going to shame one side, you've got to shame the other, not shame, but if you're going to be critical, if you're going to be critical of yeah. one side, you've got to be transparent. You can't say, okay, this is okay. And this is not, it's, it's either they're both okay or they're not. I think both should be okay, right? Like, I don't... Yeah, why does it matter? Yeah. Again, like, I really don't think it matters what someone does in their personal time, as long as it's not harming anyone else. And, you know, the mental, like, the mental problems that it puts on people, you know, for seeing everyone else shame them for something they did that was completely, you know, consensual, that was uh, both parties, you know, were enjoying, like, everyone knew what was happening but at the time, but then seeing afterwards someone shame you for that, that, that harms someone mentally a lot. Absolutely, yeah. Because it takes away their value. It says, well, if I, if I, I remember what happened to me, what happened? was I was like okay well I just can't talk to girls anymore and some girl would give me her number and I, I couldn't text her because I had this underwhelming feeling that oh if I go on a date with this girl all those other girls are going to find out and just come running with with pitchforks and, and torches in their hands you know and it, it scares people it's it scares men to think that if I ask this girl out that everyone's gonna think that I'm just trying to sleep when like not all the time guys are just trying to you know sleep with someone they're not trying to always get in their pants they're trying to there there are many reasons why yeah there are many reasons why you might want to talk with someone maybe not even as a relationship maybe you just want a, f- a friend you know like the inherent thought that that's all that guys want is another huge thing that society puts on on us right as a means of just 
and it, it harms us because then some people are like, you know what? Well, if people say that's all I want, I'm going to do that, right? And then it just causes more harm for everyone. Yeah, exactly. I've gotten in situations where last year I met this girl and we both decided, I said, I don't want a relationship. I just want something physical. And she was like, okay, great. I agree with that. And so we, we started messing around. And then about a month into it, she was like, I have caught feelings for you. And I was like, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to do this anymore. So I don't, I don't want feelings. And she got mad and just trashed my name to all of her friends. I didn't say a single bad word. I took it with a grain of salt. I was like, I'm not going to deal with this. But it's, it just shows how bad one side can have it. And then as a guy, you know, we're in this, in this era of we want guys to show their feelings. We want them to cry and be vulnerable. But then guys are vulnerable and we talk about what we're, we're being put through. And the other side says, you can't complain about that because you don't know what women have been through. How am I supposed to talk about this? How am I supposed to let you know that, that I'm being ostracized and I'm being, crit being, being criticized for what I'm doing when it's not wrong, you know? And so we just have to sit there and we have to repress our feelings and we have to be quiet because we're afraid that if we do speak out against, against what we're feeling and how this damages guys, we're said that, no, we have to shut up. Yeah, which then in here, again causes more different problems, you know, like... That, that's that's where toxic masculinity comes from from guys not being able to to talk about what's going on and then having to conform to what society thinks male guy young male guy should be yeah and really like i mean my like i have a thing where i just kind of go why fight hate with more hate instead of fighting just hate with love or like hate with absolutely acceptance like acknowledge that everyone has problems acknowledge that these are different problems that everyone faces and bring awareness to all these problems help fight all these problems uh really like just don't don't bring down one person or one group to bring up another one. That's not going to help anything in the long term. Rather, just try to bring everyone up, you know? And, and, and to your point of bringing people up while bringing others down, that's happening a lot, I think, with guys because I think the modern feminist movement has moved from, and I don't want to get political. This is all, this is all I will say about the modern feminist movement. I think it's gone from empowering women to vilifying men. And that's telling boys, young boys, Boys, that you are the problem and it is your fault and you're the asshole. So that that consequently is telling these guys, well, if you if you call me an asshole, I'm gonna be an asshole. If you call me a villain, I'm gonna be the villain. I'm gonna be if you want me to be that, sure, I'm gonna be that. And then, then they don't realize that it's led them down a very dark path. It's kind of like this is a weird analogy, but <laughs> stay with me for a second. It's uh it's kind of I don't know if you saw the Disney movie Zootopia. I did, I did. So one of the, uh do you remember the fox from it? I forget his name, but so basically I remember one huge plot point of the movie was how they kept saying, Oh, you're a fox. So you're going to, you're going to steal, you're, you're, you're sly, you're, you're evil, you're manipulative. And, and he was told that his entire life. And because of that, he grew up and became that. Right. And then once Judy, once Judy hops, finally, you know, like uh, went through him and talked with him and like talked with him through his problems. And they really brought up to his problems. He let all that go because he realized he doesn't have to be all that he can be who he really wanted to be. Yeah, absolutely. That is the perfect analogy. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have told it any better. There are these young boys that are being told that you can't be empowered. You're going to be vilified. You're an asshole. You can't do this. You have to do this. Um, um, you're going to be, a, you, people are going to label you a fuck boy and they're, they're cowering in fear. I was a summer camp counselor for five years and I was in charge of second graders. I had, the, I had different second graders every summer. And even then, some of these boys would come up to me and go, well, I don't want to get sad because people might make fun of me. But the girls were allowed to get sad and they were hugged and they were, they were given condolences and they were given, you know, they were given, oh, it's going to be okay. But the boys had to repress their feelings. So I had to gather these boys around and say, listen, it's okay to express your feelings. And when I said that, they looked at me like I had just told them the world's going to end. 
like they, they it was complete shell shock on their faces um it looked like they had just seen a ghost and they were like what you know these young boys had had seven eight nine year olds had thought for so long and already been programmed to think that they were the problem and they had to re repress their feelings yeah it's just so ingrained into our society that men and boys can't feel their feelings which it's a, it's a topic i really touched on like a couple episodes repeatedly almost because it, it keeps coming back because that's a really big it keeps problem. coming back to it yeah it keeps coming back to it and that's and i don't know if your listeners are going to get annoyed by this but it, it's you're absolutely right and i this is probably touched on but i'll say it my father was born in 1957 you know he was he's like 64 now i think that adds up to 64 yeah i think he turned 64 this year he, he's a decently emotional guy um his he was a military brat so he moved from place to place to place but then my stepdad um because my parents were divorced and i was a young age my stepdad was born in 1950 same era same same kind of thing and he is the stone cold guy who does not show any emotion at all and my father when I asked him about it, he goes, I wasn't actually the age of around 40 that I realized that I could actually be a human being and show emotions. Whereas my stepdad, I talked to him now and he goes, if you show emotions, you're not a real man. And I'm like, what? That is ridiculous to see two sides of the spectrum, you know, born in the same era and one suffers so much from a lack of emotion and one having to go 40 years before that he knew that he could be that emotional person. It's something that we really just have to kind of bring awareness to so we can stop it from an early age that way, like bring acceptance to it now so people, you know, our ages and older can feel this, but let alone just break it down so people younger than us, they don't even know that that was a thing, that that was a problem. And it just kind of realizes that anyone can have these emotions, it doesn't matter your gender, you know, you just, a human has emotions, you have a broad spectrum of emotion. Like I said, also, uh, I, I once said like, happiness is an emotion, so is sadness, you can't take happiness out and never live happiness. Same thing with sadness, you can't just all of a sudden stop feeling sadness because you tell yourself no it's just not how it works absolutely yeah yeah totally that's a very good point you bring up i like that i remember i haven't i haven't actually seen my father be happy in a long time and it wasn't until recently that i saw it and i was like i wonder why it took so long for him to 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 show happiness and why he only showed the sadness and i asked him and he never even answered it's been like three years since i asked him that question and he never answered um why he was sad all the time and i get it you don't want to say that to your son you know, as, as future fathers, you're going to be a father one day. I'm going to be a father one day. And you're supposed to be that rock, that emotional rock that, that you know, tells you to roll up your sleeve and, and get to work, which I, which I believe in. That's the kind of father I will be, but I'm not going to be the guy that makes my son suppress his emotions. I will never be that. Exactly. And like, not only that, I mean, there's a big chance that the reason why, you know, you, you were just saying like how only recently you saw that he was happy was because once you suppress something, it doesn't go away. It just stays no. more and more down. And the set, and then like all of a sudden it might just come out. And when it comes out, it's going to just be more dangerous. So it's possible that, you know, like after 40 years of not doing it, it comes out and then it's just like a constant, like three years of constant, you know, sadness, which that can happen after suppressing it for 40 plus years. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, another point, like with the thing you said about like about like future fathers and stuff like we also have to how you said you want to be a father with um like teaching your child you know to to roll up their sleeves and all that right that's like totally valid and then but the only problem is, is i see a lot of people think that is the only way to raise a child right when then it just kind of puts down people that don't raise their child like that because they're like well is my child wrong for that no you're you know like every everyone can kind of raise their child differently it doesn't make one less of a man or one more of a man you know for how a child's being raised or how a child just acts it doesn't it doesn't make you any less or more of a man for that it's just different ways which is all okay yeah i i will never tell someone else how to raise their child never my my father did that with my sister once and at like thanksgiving at a, at a big family holiday party and he never made that mistake again ever 
Um, so yeah, I, I think how you raise your child, I don't care how you raise your child, as long as you raise your child to be a good human being. That's all I care about. Yeah, that's all that's important, really. Yeah. Anyways, let's get back on the topic of, of, of you know, fuck boys mental health, because we dove dove in deep to that, and I don't want to bore your listeners with the same topic. <laughs> kind of going back to that, yeah. Uh, when people did think you were, like, you were a douche and all that, how do you think it changed your perception about yourself? Wow, that's a good question. Well, they didn't think they knew, because I knew. I think for the first kind of six months, or the first, you know, um, little bit into it, I was constantly searching for a reason why. Uh, I was like, well, why do people hate me? Because I didn't, I, I knew that I was a douchebag, but I didn't, I didn't want to know. So I pushed it all out. I was like, no, there's no way. No, 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 no. And every time I would make a mistake or, or screw up or anything like that, I would, I would still just be like, no, it's just a mistake. Don't worry about it. When actually I was being an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize until then. Uh, until years after. But those first six months, I was like, God, why does everyone hate me? You know, I, it, it really sucks. And then I realized, oh. I had a really life-changing event, and I was like, this is why. And then for those next few months after that, I really tried to change. I was trying to be more nice to people. I was trying to be more understanding. But people wouldn't even give me an inch. Women wouldn't give me an inch. The majority of my guy friends, it took a very long time to gain their trust because they didn't want to be associated with me. You don't want to be associated with the fuckboy douchebag asshole. And so it took a while. And eventually I got over that hump with the guys. You know, I, my senior year, I had three or four really good guy friends. But after those few months of trying to reconcile and change, no one had given me an intro. I was like, okay, you know what? You want a villain? I'm going to be the villain. I'm going to be the villain in your story. So I put on the black hat and I fucking owned it. I owned it. So you want to call me an asshole? Okay, but I'm going to be exactly what you think I am. And I was. I was the asshole. And I was the guy who commented on everything, but that's what people wanted, right? I kind of tried, I tried to own it because my mom said, if you, if you, people think you are that, you got to own it. You can't let it repress, let it hinder you. But I took that in the wrong way. Um, I think she wanted me to take it as they see you as an asshole, just show them that you're not. Own the label, but change it. I took it as, okay, that means I need to be an asshole, <laughs> which did not help, did not help because it only got worse. And then I think I did that for about probably a good year, about you know, sophomore year. And then summer of junior year, I didn't really have any friends left. Because when you were in high school, you know, you had your classmates and your buddies that you see in school every day. But then over summer, there is no school, right? And I realized I don't have any friends. No one's texted me. No one's called me. People haven't asked if I wanted to hang out. I would see Snapchats of all my friends at the beach all together in their big groups. And I wasn't there. And I made this, I just, I was like, I can't be this anymore. And so that junior year, junior year, I, I tried as hard as I can. I was just the best person I could possibly be. And of course, I still messed up. I would still make comments here and there and be like, damn it, I can't do that. And I tried my best. And I, I made strides by senior year. But it, it, it really, it's really like, it's denial. And then, okay, I'm going to try and change. And then fuck change. I'm going to be who they want me to be. And so it was a really interesting path. Because even in that stage of I'm going to be where they want me to be, I was still questioning why. I was like, I was looking at myself and I was like, why are you being where they want you to be? You're being the asshole they want you to be. Stop doing that. But I just kept doing it. So do you regret that? I, I don't, I regret not thinking about it more. I regret going home and being okay with myself about doing it. I regret looking and not looking in the mirror and saying, what are you doing? 
I didn't reflect on it. I didn't think about it. I took it in the wrong context, what my mother said. Uh, and God bless her. She was saying all the right things. I just, she just had a stupid ass son who wouldn't listen, listen correctly, um, which face it was every teenage boy in high school. But I, I think I regret not reflecting upon my actions. I, I, yeah, I regret not having the, the personal insight to, to look at myself and say, what are you doing? And I didn't get that until freshman year of college. But it takes time. I'm a way better person now um, than I was in high school. And I'm a way better person now than I was freshman year of college. And so I'm grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for that subjugation and that uh, that conviction that other people had towards me to, to label me as that because I wouldn't have grown. I wouldn't have seen it uh, in myself. And I probably would still be that asshole with no friends. Right. Do you think a lot of people are misjudged upon it and are seen that way, but aren't actually that way? Misjudged by what? Like people will say, oh, you're a douchebag, but like they aren't. Do you think like that happens a lot where people think someone's like this, but aren't actually? I think words are misconstrued. I had a situation with my best friend a few weeks ago. We got in a big fight and her best friend, her one of her roommates tried to be the mediator. Um, I appreciate her, but what I said to her got taken back to my best friend as a completely different story and which resulted in her getting even more angry. So I don't think it's one event can like to what you said, people are misjudged. I think words are misspoken. I think stories are misspoken. I think we hear we hear rumors and we so easily believe them. And we're like, oh, so people, like, like if I, I say, oh yeah, I'm in this class with Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth's a bitch. You shouldn't even talk to her. And that puts this image in your mind of, oh, Elizabeth must be terrible. And that's what happens. I don't think people are misjudged. I think people take stories, construe them to their own liking, and then spew it out. But I, I, that's, but that also goes into judgment. I think people try to have these personal agendas towards their enemies. Everyone does. You know, you don't want to see your enemies succeed. You want to see them crash and burn. We see that in high school. We see that in politics. It's everywhere. So I think that definitely goes in judgment. But I think it happens on more words than anything. I don't think it's only actions because actions speak louder than words, but words are the first things that are spoken. Yeah, it's just really sad, you know, just how like so many people are almost misjudged, like you were saying, because of how fast rumors get around, especially in high school. <laughs> especially. Especially in high school. But it's just really important to, you know, remember that three quarters of these things are just rumors. And the only way to really believe it is to either ask the person or see for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I, yeah. You're absolutely right. You got to ask the person or just don't believe the rumors and let experience with that person speak for herself. That's what when I when I, I learned kind of last year, I was like, you know, I go to a smaller school. So it's about a uh, population of about 3,000 kids, um, or 3,000 students. They act like kids. Wait, a college or high school? A college. Okay, I thought high school was 3,000 small, and I was very... My college is about 3,000. No, 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 no. My high school, my high school was about 400 kids. Okay, I got it. Uh, my, my college is about 3,000. Uh, yeah, and it's like high school here sometimes. Um, not necessarily as an upperclassman, but the underclassman. Oh my God, the freshman. Jeez, the freshman. You know, I'm an RA, so I have, to, I, I have 34 freshman guys that I'm responsible for. But some of the, some of the freshmen, just they act like they're still in high school and they spread rumors and they go to parties and they take videos or they just text people wrong things. And then like that, someone's reputation is set in stone and now they can't get out of it. One of the biggest problems with the technological era, it spawned so many advancements and so many great opportunities but also ruined so many other things or options i guess yeah i remember when when i got out of middle school because i got viciously bullied in middle school um and that really affected my mental health it was you go to school you get bullied from 8 a.m to 3 p.m and that was it that was it that was right before technology really took over and then now 
it's kids go to high school, they get bullied, they come home and they get bullied on Instagram and they get bullied on Snapchat and they get bullied on Twitter and it's everywhere. And rumors spread like that. I could put a rumor out about my boss on Twitter and it'd be viral. It could be viral tomorrow and everyone believes it. Word of mouth is one of the most dangerous things on this planet. Yeah, there was like, I also was talking about this earlier. There's, um, you know, Willy Wonka on TikTok? Yeah, yeah. I've seen so there was, a, there was a rumor, literally a rumor, um, because someone just said, I have a feeling he is, uh, I have a feeling he's a pedophile or something like that. It was something like that. And they had no facts. You know, they literally just said, I don't know. I trust my gut. You guys should also trust my gut. And because of that, he got like into a lot of problems that a lot of people started canceling it because one random person said, I don't know, you know, I just think. What? Yeah. That happened like, I think like a week and a half ago or something. Yeah. I mean, it's been proven like nothing, literally he's done nothing. He's only been a good person, only done good things, you know, uh, only has his content, you know, to try to spread as much positivity as possible. Yet people still tried to bring him down. That's the power of rumors. And it's the same thing with being called a fuckboy in high school. Once you get that label once, that's it. You have that label for all of high school. And the seniors tell the juniors and the juniors tell the sophomores and the sophomores tell the freshmen. And so everyone in this high school as you're walking around is looking at you as not a human being, but as this label. And you can't escape that. And just lives on and lives on and lives on. It, it, it affects you more and more because once you start to believe it, you're like, maybe I am a piece of shit. Maybe I, maybe I don't deserve, you know, love or happiness or whatever it is they want in life. Which really hurts someone. It, it makes it them does. Think that they're not human. It makes them, you know, it, it makes them feel almost like a robot. You know, like absolutely, I was put here for one reason. I don't deserve anything else. And then they go and they cause more harm to themselves or to others. You know, like there's so much other stuff that this one thing can cause that. Is it really worth it? Yeah, absolutely. I know a guy when I first got to college, before I really started, one of my friends called me from high school and he goes, dude, I went on this date with this girl and she, I guess she didn't have a good time. And she said that I tried to get in her pants and she called me a fuckboy. And I have one high school thinks I'm a fuckboy. What do I do? And I go, I told him, brother, you just got to do everything in your power to convince him it's not true. And I said, high school is going to be rough um, because of this. And he started crying on the phone because he was like, I'm not this guy. I'm not this. I'm not a fuckboy. I went on one date. I guess it just didn't go well. I said, I know and I believe you. But unfortunately, they don't believe you. And then he had that label for like two years. And it's just, it's sad to watch. And it's sad to watch, you know, young boys that are end up going to end up being, having this label. You know, some guys, they do it themselves. They actually are those guys who try and get in the girl's pants and, and, and do all that stuff. But then there are, most of the guys don't do that, but they still have that label. Right. It's just like you were saying earlier, the power of words. Power of word. I think word of mouth is one of the most dangerous weapons on this planet. And that's an unfortunate thing. And social media makes it worse because word of mouth becomes word of thumbs. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, it's awful. It's just, it's just the only way to say is that it's awful. And for anyone who, any of your listeners who have ever like, I don't know if any of your listeners have ever reached out to you and told you that they've also had that, they know how bad it is. It's something that's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. I remember I, I made a TikTok. Um, actually, I think the TikTok that you reached out on the one, the one about being a fuck boy, I got about uh yeah i got about 30 oh i think i know the one you're talking about was it the one with the, the disco effect i think it was no it was i think i know the one i think they know the one you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. i got like 30 different people who reached out to me via um facebook and instagram mainly instagram saying that and half of it was like girls who were like hey listen you were okay you know if you ever want to talk i'm here and then the other half was guys who was saying, who were saying, I have been called a fuckboy and I have a huge porn addiction now. What do I do? And I was like, 
this is a mainstream problem that is affecting guy after guy after guy after guy. And so I, I was, I was, I was amazed to see, you know, over every corner of the, of the nation, because these guys were coming from New York and, and, and Montana and California and Florida and Georgia and everywhere, reaching out to me and saying, typing these long paragraphs saying that they had been labeled a fuckboy and that now they're slipping into depression or they were exposed to pornography and it affected how they saw women. And that's how I saw women once I started watching pornography. I saw them as objects, you know, sexual beings, and that was yeah, that's a huge other problem. It's a huge other problem that we haven't even talked about. You know, once once young boys, you know, 13, 14 year old boys see porn for the first time. Well, they're like, oh, a naked girl. I want to see that more. So they watch it more and again, more and more and more. And they start to see women, their their friends as, oh, I bet I could fuck her. I bet what she looks like naked. And you, you're just stuck unconsciously programming yourself to, to be awful and to be, be a terrible person. Yeah, that's a, especially also the way like those videos are filmed, the other, the whole unethical part of that also. Yeah, it's also extremely unethical. Yeah. The whole industry, that whole industry is just. That entire industry is just, is, is terrible. Like the only ones that are like, obviously are good are the ones that like only fans and things like that, where it's like, you know, all the consensual and things like that. But then when it's the other ones, it's not as good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like probably one company that is actually ethical, but you know, the hub and places like that where anyone can upload you can just watch very unethical videos and then these boys see it and they're like, oh yeah, I'm turned on by that. And then their ethics get, and their morals get thrown out the window for miles. Yeah. And they just, they create, they create, they create a monster. They create a monster inside themselves that can't be tamed. Um, and like going back to your point about the, the TikTok you made, which had people reach out to you, um, it also, also kind of goes back to way, way earlier in the conversation we were talking uh, almost about feminism. You said how half the people that reached out to you were men and the other half were women, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people think they're alone with this issue mm -hmm. when in reality they're not. And the second you make that video and this episode goes live and more and more people start talking about this, more and more people realize, wait, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that goes through this. And other people will kind of start to realize and like, I can actually talk about this you know like someone else has this issue as well i don't feel as alone and all in all it brings more almost peace i guess is the word i'm looking for inner peace inner peace yeah or yeah some form of some form of peace to themselves or like more like like self kind of self-acceptance that i have these flaws but i'm not going to be silent about them anymore i'm going to voice them out to my friends and my family and do what i need to do to to get past it yeah, because no one's perfect. And the first step is acknowledging, you know, that, you know, maybe I am this way. And, you know, it happens. For whatever reason, it does happen. And obviously, we want to try to minimize it happening as much as possible with the exposure and media and all the other things. But even if, let's say, all me no media portrayed this, and it would still happen, obviously. But the important part is to realize, hey, I'm this way. This isn't a good thing. I should change this. And it's, it's hard, but, you know, it's, it's worth it. It's, 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 there's a reason why acceptance is the most difficult part because it's not other people telling you that you're terrible. It's yourself that's telling you, Hey man, you messed up and you're not doing good. You need to get back on track and having, having that internal conversation with yourself, you know, whatever deity you, you worship or just anyone in general, but especially yourself. It's so difficult, but you make a great point with that. Seriously. Yeah. It's just something like it's the hardest part, but you know, it, it's the most important part. And then to hopefully just become better men and individuals, you know, that will really learn how to be best versions of ourselves and not harm others and not harm ourselves. Do you have any 
like final thoughts about like the whole topic? I think that for any any guys who are currently going through it, I think you need to find someone who is going to hold you accountable other than yourself because you can allow yourself to slip up. You can allow yourself to, oh, it's been like a week. I can watch porn. It's fine. No, it's not. I remember one of my good friends is my accountability partner and he's held, he's hold, held me accountable for months on end, texting me on all that, making sure I'm okay, making sure I'm not slipping uh, and getting back into it. And we all, and for anyone who's going through it, you're going to have slip ups. You're going to have days where, you know, you're, you're, you don't really think about your morals and you do watch porn and you're like, damn it, that's going to happen. Um, but know that it's, it's okay. It's going to happen. And just take every day as a new step. If you can be a little bit better than you were yesterday and then be a little bit better tomorrow and then the next day, that is success. That is progress. And everyone wants success, but they don't want progress. They want success now, but they, they don't want to, they don't want to settle for the progress first. And that's what you got to do. Once you make progress, you're on the road to success. Yeah. And I also, uh, just to say one final thing, like, let's say with the first topic, we're talking about how, if you are a douchebag or if people see you as that, if you, if you know, you are one, you should try to fix that. You know, that that's not a good way of looking at life, yeah. sexualizing women, thinking everyone else is in the wrong, you know, thinking you're above everything else. That, that's not a good way of looking at life. You honestly, you should change that about yourself. If you're not like that and people see you like that, well, it's a hard spot to be in. And it is fully, there are one or two people that trust you and believe you and know that you're not like that and be with them as much as possible. Those are your true friends. And then just kind of try to prove slowly and surely to everyone. I'm not like this. Yeah. And let alone, you know what? I kind of take that back. You don't have to prove it to anyone really. Like if you truly think about it, it doesn't matter what others think of you because. Yeah. 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 Validation from others doesn't matter. Yeah. If you know you're a good person. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because the good people will find you. So Absolutely. whatever, if, if these people think you're like that, those are clearly not the people you're meant to be with. So why should it matter? The people that truly get to know you will realize you're not this way. And those are the people you want to be with anyway. Yeah, your, your true friends will see your insecurity. They will, because they, everyone sees your insecurities at one point or another, but your real friends will see them and just sweep them aside and say, it don't matter. It's okay. I don't care. You're my friend. Those are your, that's your family right there, man. That's like family. That's like, we all have two families, the one we're uh, stuck with and the one we choose. But if you find good friends who are like that, you got to hold on to them and make sure they hold you accountable. You know, make sure they give you a kick in the ass when you need it. But also help you when you need it. Yeah, exactly. And then you, you should also be there for them. That's a, <laughs> that's a whole, other, that's another really important thing. Don't expect a one-way relationship. No, absolutely. Relationship, relationship, friendship. And that was our conversation. I think it had some amazing points. I think it was really great. As always, if there's any topic you want me to talk about in the future, just DM me on Instagram or Twitter at ForTheBoys underscore pod. Or if you have a problem and you want to come on and talk about it, again, also let me know. Because my goal is that we all realize that our problems are so similar and that we're not alone. And by bringing a voice to just one voice, so many other voices will be heard. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Also, following me wherever you're listening to this on or sharing this episode really means a ton. As always, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at ForTheBoys underscore pod for updates about the show as well. And since now I'm posting bi-weekly on Instagram, I am posting more, not daily, but more often than this, let's just say. So why not check it out? If you want to see more of Ian, check out the description of this episode. There is his Instagram and TikTok over there. He's a pretty fun guy. I hope you have a great rest of your day. This is Aiden. Mm-hmm.